Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Steve Trainer, One Cliff Steele. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 205. Mm-hmm. First episode of 2018. Kind of. Kind of. First real episode. First real episode of 2018. Not like a bullshit episode where gave everybody hand jobs. I was giving people just awards. Oh man, is, did we? That's probably easier. I was gonna say like it's a lot more work to give somebody a hand job. Later in the show, we will be uh, discussing Doom Patrol Volume One uh, by Gerard Way, Nick Darrington, and uh, Tamara Bonvillain. It's uh, no fun, bro. I know, no fun. <laughs> Sidetracked on hand jobs, we'll be here all day. Literally, I guess that's true. And figuratively. Sure. Sure. Uh, before that, we have weeks. Uh, we have weeks. We have comic books <laughs> that came out this very week to talk about. It is weeks time. On weeks on weeks. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show Eric and I will review this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. May or may not be a mush meter involved. Goes from one to five. If we're feeling mushy about our decision, our first book of the week, Eric, is Underdog, nineteen seventy-five. Thank you for exposing this to me. I, God, it's a. This is uh. uh there was obvi- obviously underdog the 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 cartoon. Mm-hmm. From I, I I'm familiar. Yeah, in the sixties and seventies. There's even a little blurb in the beginning of this book that uh says all this. But uh, there's you know the famous cartoon series in the sixties and seventies, and uh, after that there was a comic book series, a, a kids a comic book, and this is basically they unearthed some old underdog comics that never were published were in the hands of some collector and mm. this is what this is this this is these comics um there's i don't know what's going on with this digital edition maybe it's because it says in the front like hey there's also backup the backups are reprints of the last issue they're not here in this digital mm-hmm. edition they are just the only the only things here are the two new comics the ones that are new meaning the unearthed comics um i don't know why they're not in the digital, maybe I assume they're in the physical copies. Well, you're not cool enough to buy a physical copy of an unearthed underdog comic that no one asked for. You buy the digital edition. I mean, just just such a fucking casual, bro. You don't deserve it. What do you? What, what's the word, Eric? On this, an underdog, 1975. I'm gonna say I did not need this little rubber duck story. This is just—I don't know. This is silly and super dumb. It is kind of cute and fun. I, I, I don't need this mess in my life. I don't need more underdog. I was never crying out for this. There's never this. There, there is no demand for underdog in your life. But I mean, I, I like how this duck is a, uh, is a spokesman for uh, microprocessors. It's great. Well, um, I mean, before you get stretchy powers, you got to do something. I know you have to put AMD on your sh- on your shirt. Mm-hmm. And then you can turn into a ball because you sit in goop 
I mean, this is this is as silly as I've seen anything. Like it, it, it did, did you notice that like the dialogue rhymes? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's the thing. That's what under. I get that underdog would do it. Yeah, he rhymes. It's just, just so imagine, bizarre. Imagine writing a bunch of these, and then they always have. To, you always you're writing underdog comics, but they always have to rhyme. You're writing a comic book, and it has to rhyme. All. I should say, written by Steve Skeets and pencils by George Wildman, inks and colors by Matt Hansel, letters by Natalie Jane. Those are the original credits. I believe they did clean these up in mm-hmm. post and make it look probably because the originals probably were not perfect, and they had to do something to make them presentable. I don't. I this is for diehard people who love old comics, who love old cartoon, like old underdog, old. Any of the Hanna Bar, like any of those old gold key comics, if you loved them or, you know, you grew up at the time and you want nostalgia and you're like, oh man, mm-hmm. I remember those. And here's new ones. Wow. This is a neat thing. I'm glad they unearthed these things and made this, but again, I don't, you don't need this. Do you think that this is, uh, this or Snagglepuss? Are we, well, I can't, re- <laughs> I don't want to tip my hand, Eric. <laughs> We got. We got. I, I don't want to. It's a pretty different spin on things. Yes, it is. I. I. I thought if this is an oddity, a curiosity. Uh, if. If the idea of it's. It's not like it's bad. It's just also the digital edition is only twelve pages. It's very slight, and they do not change the price. So I don't. I. I'm a do not buy. But it's not that it's like terrible or anything. It's a child's comic from the seventies. It that was literally unearthed and recreated, uh, which is a cool thing. But. Eh, not worth reading, really. It's just I'm glad they it exists. I guess it's out there. I'm glad it's archived now. I think I'm allowed that that nuance to you, right? I'll I'll let you I'll let you do you. Are you so you're a buy hardcore? Uh, uh. That sounds like a no. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want this book in my life. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm even uncomfortable looking at it, like the cartooning is so strange to me. A, the, 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 basically, that whole era of television animation I mean, is just done on such tight budgets. I mean, you know, bless their hearts, they did what they could, but it just is so rigid and kind of ugly. Yes. It's really not my deal. We're Double Do Not Buy on Underdog 1975. Next book is Rogue and Gambit, number one, written by Kelly Thompson, Art Per, per Perez, colors Frank de Armada, letters Joe Carmagna. You know the you know these characters, Rogue and Gambit. The books that I've I've read a million times. Yeah, they're 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 two X Men with their they're on the ones. They're the they're the two X Men that you know. They have on on again off again relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gambit uh has a bad accent. Um, and he 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 talks with a sometimes with a Cajun accent. Mostly they don't use it unless he says words like share. Jacques. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, Rogue. Duckle. Duckle. Rogue can't touch people. Uh, and also, she also speaks with a bad accent. A bad southern accent that is also only there some of the time. Bless her heart. Uh, now they gotta go do a thing together, and we get to look at their relationship, I suppose. What do you think? I think Gambit's in jorts in this book. I mean, that's a... Are those jorts? Those are jorts. I thought they were. Nope, just... nope, nope. They're chinos. I'm seeing in the last panel. They're chinos. That's what I was going to say. I was going. I think they're chinos. They're chinos. They look like jorts earlier. It was the the cuff at the bottom. I think the colorist decided later that they were chinos. They're like, oh shit. 
who colored this. That's really funny. So, uh, Rogan, yeah. Rogan Gambit, do they charm you? Are, is there any uh, fuel in this? Does this relationship mean anything to you? I, I don't despise this. This is a little sitcom-y for an X-Men comic, which I don't hate. Um, it's kind of dumb that way. I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm watching Friends or Seinfeld or something. It's, it's already super 90s because it's Rogue and Gambit. Yeah, and it, I swear there is an X-Man the Animated Series episode that is literally this plot. It's just not Rogue and Gambit going to this island. You would think it would have been. But, I mean, they're, they're involved somewhere, I'm sure. But I distinctly remember, hey, there's vacations for mutants, and then it's bad. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of ambivalent about it. Like, it, I think it looks very, mm-hmm. like, it looks nice, but it is very, I, I, I real. I honestly, I wish it was just lean into, like, a romantic comedy with them and not have to worry about sentinels or enemies or stuff like that. Frank, like, I don't, because I don't need them to fight stuff in this. Like, that's, I, 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 the, the, my draw. You want it, you want it to be, you want it to be more like an episode of Friends. Yeah, honestly, like, lean into that. Not leaning. It, 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 admittedly, it is charming. I think to be. Uh, I have nothing wrong with it being that. You know, that's not by definition a bad thing. I don't think all my superhero comics need to be punching Sentinel classics. I don't know. I think. I, 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 I think. I think it's hard for me to judge this comic. This is a miniseries. Um, I think it's five, five issues, and I think. Largely, I'm gonna not know how I feel about it until I read this whole thing. Like, I don't, I, I, I guess that's, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing about this single issue, cause it does wanna, it does make me go, hmm, maybe if I read this thing, it'll change how I feel about these characters who I'm largely kinda like, eh, like, you know, Gambit and Rogue, they've had their moments, but it's never, their relationship to me is never meant, like, I, I've never gone, oh man, I wish they would finally, their will they won't they thing ran out of steam about a million years ago to me. I if this ends up meaning something or saying something about them like that is meaningful, which I've basically never read any Gambit or Rogue comic that has said anything mean of, meaningful about either character. But I think it's hard to judge without reading all the whole miniseries. I I think this is just like you know it's not. I'm every every week I sit down and like more and more I'm just like I don't. Why are we doing this still? Why don't we just read the full arc, like, of normal person? Um, I think I'm a very, I'm a mushy buy. I think that's where I'm at. I, it, I think it looks very nice. I think it's written well. It's just, it's setting up something. And I, I think the landing is really what is going to end up making me judge it. I think I'm like a four. I'm a buy with a four mushy. A four mushy? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, that's not a bad place to land. Honestly, I am kind of too ambivalent on it to really feel any particular way about it. I like things about it. I like art, some of the art in it. But honestly, I feel like you can totally sleep on it. There's nothing that really grabs me. I completely respect where you're coming from, but like, I don't know. That's five dollars you can spend on another comic. Well, in four. my in in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and that's the hard part about it, and that's why oh, I yeah. mean, it's 
that yeah. you want to support it and you think that it'll go somewhere. And I do think it's interesting. For me, like, if it turns out to be, like, a really fun and interesting story and really do something different for comics, sure, I mean, maybe pick it up as a trade, but I, I, I'm, I'm not blown away by the, the, the nostalgia cash in. It just needs to do more one thing or another. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pass. Okay. Uh, Split Decision, Rogan Gambit, number one. Uh, Mission Reader 4. Next up, Astonishing X-Men, number seven. Written by Charles Soule. Art, Phil Noto. Letters, Clayton Cowles. Speaking of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's a lot of stuff happening in this comic book. Uh, with lots of... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, how to this like, Professor X is back, but he's just X. Mm-hmm. And he's acting very shady, it seems. Uh, and he's taking over Phantom X's body, and Phantom X is totally cool, just sitting in the astral plane, I guess. Uh, there's the world's ending, Proteus is back, uh, Archangel's full control of both uh, his mind and body. Uh, I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like it, I think, but it feels, it it feels does it feel like a whole bunch of other storylines they've strung together a bunch of shit they've already done yeah i mean it, it, every i mean everything you've just said with the, the exception of you know fanamex chilling in another dimension or whatever i i don't know this i didn't think this was bad no i i thought uh, i thought charles Sewell's doing a, a a good job you know the the voice of the character's good and i for what he's worth i'm okay with phil noto I don't get this reveal at the end. Why is that a thing I should care about? I, I mean, I, it's, and that's a lot of this book. And I think a lot of my, a lot of my problems with a lot of the, a lot of the X-Men, not this, just this X-Men comic, but a lot of the X-Men comics mm-hmm. in that they are relying in, entirely on nostalgia yeah. to push their storylines. Like we just talked about Rogue and Gambit. I mean, I think that book, like this one, is well written for what it is. It has the voices of the characters pretty well, but that that like that book in and of itself doesn't do a lot of like to establish the what their relationship means. It is trying to like it assumes you know a lot of that. Like it has one page, a giant page that has little tiny snapshots of all their little moments together, and that is it. And this is the same thing where it has like, okay, we assume you've read a lot of X Men comics. Because you know about all these characters and their relationships, and you know what Proteus is, and that him coming back is bad. I mean, they give you that context clue of, like, yeah, 97% of the time this happens, uh, the world ends, like, as Bishop tells us, but, or Bishop's computer tells us, I guess, uh, but it doesn't, like, tell us, like, I, I, on site, where we don't know what Proteus is. And I don't know why. I don't understand how. I, I I I basically know what Proteus was, and I still don't understand how he comes back through all this. Like it, it feels very like. Look at this. It's Proteus. I'm like, well, cool, but I don't. I don't need more Proteus. I I think I had enough. Like he happened in the 70s and 80s, and then it was gone. And I'm kind of fine with that for the most part. I don't need more Proteus ever. And I don't know. That's what this feels like. It feels like, and I feel like a lot, all the X-Men books, which I think I don't, I don't know. I just, the, 
I, I want, there's so many X-Men. I don't need, I don't want more Professor X. Like, I'm cool with no more Professor X ever. I'm, that's never gonna happen. I realize. I just, like, I'm cool with them. Like, new, I, I don't know. There, there is a, there is this entire cast of X-Men and like, Generation X doesn't, like, Generation X doesn't even really look at them that, like, deeply and like you see them in the background of this you see armor in the background of this you see pixie in the background of this i'm like why aren't we looking at these guys they've never had like if all these the, they made all these new x-men in the in the early 2000s and then even earlier like with the new X with bennett like the, all my criticism of bendis's x-men run at least he did something meaningful with those the 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 his the ones that he basically made like gold balls gold balls is the goofiest dumbest mutant around but I felt something He's, about Gold Balls. I liked him. Did you feel something about Beak? Yeah, I liked Beak. Like I liked, liked Beak. I liked Beak. I mean, I liked the character. I didn't like him, like him, but I mean, I liked that he existed. I liked oh, yeah. the things that happened with him. I have been I've been having a lot of discussions lately about Beak and Gold Balls. And I just I don't know. Like all these X Men teams are like, here's the guys from the eighties and nineties. I'm like, that's cool. I I want to also see the new ones. Like, give me. Like, the reason I like Uncanny X-Force is because it spins all that nostalgia in an interesting way. And this doesn't feel like it, it's, I don't know, it's, it, it feels like it's missing something. I don't think it's bad. I just don't, the reveal of Proteus does nothing for me. Uh, and maybe if you, if you have that nostalgia for Professor X and Proteus and like all that convoluted, uh, I don't, I don't know why they're, like, they're, bringing back Proteus and Professor X when he was is the source of so many problems and continuity. Like, they had a perfect excuse to leave him dead and never have to worry him again. Worry about all that garbage with children and, and, uh, and psychic... The, 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 the problem and the answer solution is comic books. I know. And I maybe that's just like... I don't. Where are you? Are you a, a buy on this, Eric? You do not buy. Help me. This, this is... This has the exact same problem as that other book, because I can't, I mean, it is a well-executed thing that falls super flat for me. And when you fail to excite me, when you put, I mean, you know, to be fair, it's interesting enough art. It's not, like, the worst idea for a storyline, but, like, just like, oh, this guy's back. That is not really doing anything for me it's not really i don't know you're not you're not mining anything you're not you're not breaking any new ground or doing anything interesting and it's just gonna i'm just gonna feel bored again and again so i feel mostly neutral toward it they don't have a lot of vitriol but for me that means it's it's a pass each and every time yeah that's kind of where i'm at i i see a, a, a the, the, like that's the thing i see potential in the rogan gamut comic i don't really like I don't see this me I'm I'm interested in what I guess my more what I'm more interested in this comic book is what X is I guess but mm -hmm. that's not the reveal the reveal is I mean the reveal that was the reveal of the last issue the, the real this issue is hey it's Proteus I'm like oh, I'm 97% of the time the world ends okay I I'm you're just telling me these things there's literally a computer that says this is dangerous and I'm like oh, it doesn't feel dangerous Feels yeah. like it feels like that that big green monster man is going to get killed by uh, X in Fan X's body. So I am with you. I do not buy. Yeah. Even though there's nothing wrong with it, suppose I guess uh, it's just not exciting. 
which is, I mean, well, I mean, that's the kiss of death. That's just, that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm, I'm sorry. You have to get my interest. You have to say something interesting. You have to be exciting. I mean, I don't know. Maybe these by the numbers comics sell themselves. Maybe it's enough to have a competent and okay product on the shelf, get it in these people's hands and sell nostalgia. It's not it's not what I want and it doesn't really push comics in any direction that I think we need to go in. No, it, it's I, I think that's like I think they're for the people who haven't, I don't know, I think some people who haven't seen this kind of reveal a hundred times, they're like, oh, this is exciting, this is awesome. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, but I, we are who we are. Yeah. We are who we are. Um, next book is Batman and the Signal, number one. Story by Scott Snyder and Tony Patrick. Writer, Tony Patrick. Art, Cully Hamner. Colors, Lori Ma- Laura Martin. Ow. <laughs> the hell? My ears just did something. Colors, Laura what? Martin. Letters, Darren Bennett. Laura Martin fucked your ears up, bro. I don't know. There's like a wine just like ripped from me. It really hurt. Um, That's not how you drank wine. I know. I know. There was a high pitched wine through my ears. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a three. It was, hurt, it was hurty. It was hurty. Three issue miniseries. Uh, Duke has a name now. Official Batman code name, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The signal. And now we're meta humans. And I really like this is. There's a part of this that's really splitting hairs with, we've never had metahumans before in Gotham. Sure, mm-hmm. weird science experiments, but never metahumans. I'm like, yeah, really? I was like, okay. Dude. Sure. Come on, man. We had Gotham and Gotham Girl. Yeah, they were both super-powered people. They're like Supermans. Like Two Superman. Yeah, yeah. And they still exist. Gotham Girl, at least. She's still around. Doing things. She's never she's never been in Gotham because their feet never touched the ground. <laughs> is that how they, is this how is they... this is this is Flora's lava rule? Oh, I got it. Yeah. Um, does it do it for you? Does this this Duke this Duke? I I I really like Duke Thomas. I also didn't hate reading this. This is unfortunately like it's a week of comics that I didn't hate reading. But I don't know that I want to. I want to go out of my way to spend my money on it. Yeah, it just this felt no? like it just washed over me. Yeah, like a lot, all these books are very much like they hit me, and I'm like, okay, it wasn't painful. Like we've read much worse comics, and I think this is. Oh lord, yeah. And I, I like. I, I mean, I like this. I, I, I bet I don't. It's not. I guess I just don't feel the the threat in uh, like. There's these. I don't know what the angle of this is. I don't like. There's no perspective. Like, mm. and we, I've, I've, I've used that criticism a lot, and I frankly think a lot of superhero books, in particular, don't have one. Their perspective yeah. is: here's a superhero, here's their problem. But what is it saying more than that? And I think the signal is a fine name mm-hmm. um, for like I don't. That doesn't really. I, I'm. I don't really care about. Like these meta, meta power, like meta humans and all, like, it's the, dude, you're, it's a DC comic, comic book. Superman flies through Gotham probably once a day. Like, don't tell me that we've never had them in Gotham. You're like a plane, a, tra- a train ride from Gotham, from, uh, from Metropolis. There's, don't, I, I've read Justice League comics. Don't tell mm-hmm. me. I don't know what, the, I don't know what, the, we've never had them. Never? 
there's a lot of Batman comics out there. You think there's never been one? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, like, it could be interesting. This feels very much like, this feels like the tone of, like, um, Batman Beyond a little bit. Of, mm. of, like, a younger version of a character and their crew. And we have Gordon just popping in to... How does a cop afford this apartment? By being a dirty cop. I guess so. I I, th- I mean, my, I think my overall message, like, I think it, the art is good. I think the writing it's, is yeah. good. I just, yeah. the product is just mad at me. It's just, mm, I mean, mm. when, when you, when you have, you know, when you have good materials and good builders, sometimes you set out to build a shed. And sometimes you build a skyscraper. And I don't know. I'm tired of everyone just wanting to build sheds. It, sure, it's a nicely built shed, but it's a shed. I and feel like Duke Thomas has tremendous potential. I mean, they could be telling a story that's like Miss Marvel, you know? Mm-hmm. He's tremendous. He has that much potential. I, I, I love Duke Thomas. And this... Like just, just flop, just flat, nothing. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm a do not buy. Yeah, again, I mean, it's the same, similar tone. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not an, an enraged do not buy, but it's like a, I don't know, an exasperated sigh. Do not buy. Yeah, it's just, it's comic books are too expensive for me to just promote. Hey, it does all right. Yeah, all right, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. All right's definitely not enough, not for not for professional storytellers. So our last book of the week is let me get the full name. Exit Sage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, number one. Let's see. Written by Mark Russell, Mike Feehan on pencils, Mark Morales inks, Paul Mounts colors, Dave Sharp letters. So we read that back up with Snagglepuss yep. being like a yep. commie playwright. Mm-hmm. Now here here's the the full thing. With full on Snagglepuss being, um, Tennessee Williams commie mm-hmm. playwright. Wearing no pants. Blue dog wearing no pants. Yep. That's definitely here. There's a lot in this incredibly weird ass book that makes me deeply uncomfortable. But this is like, there's so much weird shit happening that I just, I just kind of love it. This book is fucking strange. It's very weird. The, I mean, it, I, I, I'm trying to, to think of the right metaphor to describe how fucking strange this book is. I, I, I don't, I think that this has a perspective and is using the nostalgia, I mean, it's not really nostalgia necessarily, like, in the proper way, but it is a, a sense of history and a sense of this character, of Snagglepuss, and it's actually using that to say something mm-hmm. about I, I misheard you, and I thought you were saying that it didn't have a perspective. I'm like, did no. you read the same book? No, it definitely has a perspective, and, yeah. it def- and it's using, like, hey, this is a silly Hanna-Barbera cartoon character, mm-hmm. um, and recontextualizing all that. It's very strange. I mean, it is literally, I mean, it's, I don't know how you, 
Like you can't think, start thinking about like why are all why are some people animals oh, yeah. and why are and like why is that okay and why like in why are like in the stage version of his play like there's humans but they're playing animal people so they have fake masks mm-hmm. like it's a lot of like there's layers and layers of weirdness and like how how it all works and I don't know if they actually know or they care but by using Snagopus and telling like retelling the story of uh. The, McCarthyism, uh, yeah, McCarthyism, and and cracking down on on just kill. I don't know they were they were in Cuba, weren't they? And they beat the crap at all those gay men. That was oh god, that's brutal. And and that and I, the reveal at the end actually it did something to me. It really went like wow, okay, that's that's mm-hmm. that's neat. That's interesting. Uh, that's saying something about society. Uh, and. With the way that current politics, we are, we are constantly, people being are constantly trying to reframe things as get, make America great again. And, you know, the fifties time period was so great. This is an, uh, I think an appropriate comic book and it sets its sights on something as saying something despite being a very strange comic book with a talking lion man who has a beard. Mm-hmm. God, this book is just fucking psychotic. I will buy though. I like it. Oh yeah, this is easily my favorite book of this week. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. So weird. Did you did you see when that one panel went viral with um, him kissing uh, Snagglepuss, kissing that dude in the gay bar? No, I did not. Someone said uh, that Panther better be female. <laughs> it was just like, oh god. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. I know that, like, you're okay with uh, two fictional characters. One of them can be a different species, but, but better that be better be a heterosexual interspecies relationship. Thank you very much. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't, it's uh, it's a oh, this is a strange uh, thing, hurts. but I'm totally on board with it. I I yeah. I think I I like pretty much all stories set in that context. McCarthyism. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting time in American history and something that is even more important nowadays than it ever has been uh, since. And uh, this is a great comic. Looks very nice. Uh, very well written. Bye. Yeah, totally. Even if that lion man is not uh, is not female. Um. Yeah, I believe it's still OK to read this book. Yeah, it's still it's it's still very good. Double by Sonic Post Chronicles number one. That'll do it for weekly floppies. We can move on. To our next segment, it's time for Checking In. Checking In is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the past week or so, uh, what we've done, seen, read, played, whatever. What do, we, what do we want to recommend or not recommend or just talk about whatever news? It's our time. I watched some Japanese wrestling, Eric. That sounds like a thing that you, that you spend time on, yeah. I, I watched five and a half hours of Japanese wrestling. It's too much, bro. No, I actually, cut, we got We got to cut you off. No, it was very good. Uh, I watched Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Was this past week? It was so such a such a Japanese such a Japanese title to Wrestle Kingdom. 
This is like WrestleMania. Yeah, it's it is New Japan Pro Wrestling's biggest event of the year. Uh, it is on January fourth every single year, regardless of what day it is, and it is their end of year event. It is the it is the culmination of a year's worth of storylines. Uh, and then it, the within the that and the, within the next the next day they have a, another event called New Year's Dash, which will set up another long line of another like probably the first three to four months of 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 storylines moving forward through the year until they get their midway point, which is Dominion, and then there's another break, and they keep going until the G1 in July. Um, Wrestle Kingdom 12 is, it's in the Tokyo Dome. This has been their biggest wrestle, this has been the biggest one in over a decade. Uh, the, the Tokyo Dome has not had, has not filled this many seats for a wrestling event since 2005. Uh, so this is a rousing success, uh, by New Japan standards. It also featured, uh, the championship title for, uh, with Okada versus Naito, which is probably the biggest selling, uh, the, 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 the most important match for, uh, the Japanese audience, but for the American audience, which, uh, they were, I think they are specifically looking to grow. Uh, you had Kenny Omega, which is the, their biggest, uh, Gaijin star. Uh, wrestling Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho from the WWE for the past 20 years. He's only wrestled for the WWE. Um, before that, WCW, very early in his career, wrestled, wrestled in Japan, but only for, uh, uh, mostly for a company called War, which doesn't exist anymore. But he hasn't really wrestled for New Japan before. Uh, he's friends with, uh, several Japanese wrestlers. He was in even a tag team with the guy who books New Japan. Um, but he was, th- that was probably the biggest match to, most American audiences who aren't necessarily very familiar with New Japan um, because it's Chris Jericho wrestling Kenny Omega who are Kenny Omega appears in Ring of Honor. Chris Jericho obviously is on television a lot uh, when he's actually touring with WWE. So he had those two big matches plus a, a lot, a long undercard, which was very, very good. Uh, the entire event was great. The amazing matches from top to bottom. Each one offered a different thing uh, for different, like, you know, you had a, the, the big championship match between Tetsuo and Naito and Kazuhiro Okada, and that was that was the match I was looking forward to the most. Uh, it didn't end the way I was expecting it, but it was still great. And almost all the matches over delivered. They were great and did exactly what I like. They were all delivered. Uh, I don't know expectations. My expectations were relatively high, and they all met them. Um, New Japan has had the best wrestling in the past year. 2017 was probably the best year of pro- 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 for professional wrestling match quality ever. And New Japan was most of it was there. And I think they're just going to, they're continuing that trend into 2018. It's just a bunch of great matches. And I'm really excited to, they, they kicked off a bunch of new stories in uh, the New Year's Dash show the day after. And I'm very excited. I, I subscribed to New Japan World. I was, anyone who likes pro wrestling, you should, Get into New Japan. It's really great. And now they're making it easier and easier for an English speaker to get into it. You, they have, uh, the, pretty much the day after all promos, they have, uh, subtitled promos on their YouTube channel. They have American announcers if you need English announcers, uh, for all the big events and some of the smaller ones now too. Uh, they're, they're pushing hard. They're, and they're going to have another American show on, in Long Beach, California on March 31st, I think. And uh, I think they're gonna. That's the push is in the future is to have shows routinely in the U.S. more often than just once a year, expand. But I don't know. It's a great show, five and a half hours, and it it went by quickly. I did not ever like. I watched WrestleMania, I watched Royal Rumble, I watched SummerSlam, I watched the WWE big shows, which are seven hours long, and they just drag on forever. And I'm so tired by the end. But this felt quick. 
It was it was good. a quick five hours. Quick five and a half hours, yeah. It was really good. I can't even imagine. I don't know. I was just, I was so engaged with the matches. Each like everyone, I was like, I wonder who's gonna win. I want to know what happens. See what they do. And I was never like, oh man, I can't wait for this match to be over. I was always like, wow, this I can't believe this is. They're like, no match was too long. Like it was really well paced. And mm. New Japan's booking is good enough that I don't question when they do something I think they're not going to do and I think they shouldn't do. I go, hmm, I wonder what they're like. That wasn't what I expected. I wonder what they're going to do with this. But because they're so consistent with their booking, I'm, I don't question it. I don't go, oh, this is bad. I go, hmm, I'm curious. Let's see what happens. 999 yen a month, Eric. It can be yours. Sounds like a lot of yen. It's not that many. It's about 10 bucks. It is. Yeah, it's not bad. No. What you been doing? My life is uh, not worth checking in about right about now, you know? Oh, come on. It's pretty dull. You haven't watched any movies? I have been. Um, have I talked about the Parasite anime? I don't think I have. You have not. I have been uh, very lightly watching it, and uh, I think you would enjoy it. I mean, I, I think I might have talked about how I was watching Dragon Ball Super, but I've been using the VRV app, which is, I am i don't think it's worth it, VRV. Um, VRV is basically like Crunchyroll Plus. You get like a bunch of other bullshit networks um, and most of Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is like $7 a month or something, and VRV is like 10 It is not worth the extra $3. Um, I mean, I, you can't even watch all of One Piece on VRV. They have removed One Piece for whatever reason. They've removed it from uh, from VRV. But anyway, regardless, uh, it is called Parasite the Maxim. It is updated to look more modern. It is, um, it's nice looking, it's interesting, and it tells the story pretty directly. They have added, um, they added a second character, like the, 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 the love interest, the girl character. Mm -hmm. They kind of split her into two characters. Is it a like triangle? There's, uh, not really. Okay. It's like he has one nerdy girl friend who he's not interested in, at least not yet. And then he has one that very clearly is the one that was, that became his girlfriend in, uh, in the comic. It's interesting, you know, it, it is a, it is a good, um, uh, it's, it's pretty good so far. You know, I, I dig it. I would say, check it out. You know, did you see the, uh, battle angel Alita trailer? Yeah, have we really not talked about it? We haven't mentioned it. It happened during the Christmas break, I think. I remember I, I sent you some eyeball emojis. You did. What did What did you think about that trailer? Um. Or excuse me, Alita Battle Angel. Yes. I I don't know. I um. I am not gonna get butt hurt and not go see it. Um, Battle Angel is something that has mattered way too much to me over my life. For me to to pass on it, I I I I want to see it regardless I, of anything. Yeah, I I saw I saw multiple think pieces come out about mm -hmm. a trailer for a movie. That is, uh, and I I just I can't well, welcome welcome to the modern internet. I know I'm just it's not the movie it's a trailer. If you want to watch the movie when it comes out and say oh the I don't understand why her eyes were so big, 
okay, do it after the movie comes out. Why are we, you don't even see the movie. You don't have no idea if there's a, any re- contextual reason it's there. It's James Cameron. I will tell you exactly why. It's because people looked at it and made up their mind immediately and then looked for someone writing dumbass think pieces already that agree or disagree with their point of view so they can say you're stupid or I agree with this. And it's stupid. I I think it's a James Cameron movie. At worst? I thought it was a thought it was Robert Rodriguez. James it, Cameron? Is it Roger Rodriguez? That's who was supposed to have been doing it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's a pos I could be wrong, Eric. You've never been wrong ever. <laughs> I hate to break things to something too. Robert Rodriguez. Bro. Okay, it's Robert. Produced by James Cameron. Okay, that's why I saw his name somewhere. Yeah. I'm easily fooled. Um, well, either Robert Rodriguez, same difference, honestly. The action scenes, you know, Alita, like, slicing through other robots, like, giant swords, I'm sure will still be awesome to look at. And, like, I, I want to see what it, it looks like on screen. Yeah. And I will, yeah, her eyes look weird, but I don't know. Like, maybe it makes sense in the movie. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to still see it. I, I don't like, there's nothing in that yeah. trailer that it, like went, Oh no, this isn't Alita. I went, Oh, it could like, they have, it has a good cast. Looks interesting. I will say it is peak uncanny Valley. Yeah. I mean, but maybe that's the point. I sure I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm fine with it. Okay. At least fine enough that I'm going to fucking watch it <laughs> because battle angel is one of my favorite things ever. Have you seen the new star Wars yet? Yeah. I have not watched it yet, but what's your thoughts? Do you like this one more than you like Force Awakens? Oh, Lord, yes. Okay. Um, I, I can articulate uh, a, a relatively spoiler-free review for you if you would like to discuss it. Sure. Um, I, I, You've probably seen people talk about how it is kind of a break from um, Star Wars tradition, and I, I, I do in some ways agree with that. I really like that about it. Um, I think it does a lot of really gutsy stuff. Uh, I also like, like, I think it takes the flawed foundation of The Force Awakens, which basically, it's whole, the whole point of The Force Awakens was to show up, loudly say, uh, Star Wars is back, and there's a girl Jedi, and, and, and we out. This took what that set up, did a lot of other smart things. There are some, dumb there's some dumb shit there's some dumb shit and some of the some of the criticisms are fair but by and large i haven't had this much fun with a star wars movie possibly in i mean ever every other movie i saw that i enjoyed was i saw it on a a vhs cassette i didn't see this is the first one in theaters that i've seen ever that i had fun watching i think it's a great movie and i think People are a little too precious about their properties, and if you don't like it, I don't know. Don't be a hater. I don't. I don't get the the targeted online hate campaigns against shit. So that's. I don't know. That's it. There's a lot of good stuff. I like Ray a lot more. Um, I feel like their. I don't know. Their storyline really is the most important thing. There's characters that they've added. I really liked. Um, I never know how to say his name. Benicio del Toro. Do you know who I mean? Do you know how to say his name? Is Je- Benicio? Is, is what Benicio? Is it Benicio? It's Benicio del Toro. Yeah. Yeah, he's in it. He's he's good in it. I like his character. I like him. Can you understand a word he says? Uh, I feel like I didn't. I wasn't too challenged by it. Okay, that's usually I'm like, oh, seen the movie. It, oh, also, can I understand him? 
He's a he's a little he's a he's a little grizzly grumble man. That's fine. Yeah, that's he's a lot. Um, yeah. I'm just curious because of your your thoughts of Force Awakens. I'm always curious. Here. Yeah, I I mean I think that the Force Awakens was by design what it was. It did not it did not turn into the dumb thing that it was on accident. It was a calculated move, and I feel like this was planning to do something different and i i really like that about it it makes me like every character way more good I'll, i'm sure i'll eventually see it i i hope you enjoy it i i think based on the 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 kinds of characters and literature that we like together i think you'll enjoy this film i'm i'm sure i i mean i think i i don't i yes i don't have like particularly strong feelings about star wars in general so I think I'm just going to go, oh, Ryan Johnson, he made a good movie, and the actors are good, and it looks cool, mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I still haven't even seen Thor, so what am I, I don't, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not in a hurry to see Thor. I wanted to see Star Wars, though. I want to, I do want to see Coco. What's the other film that's out now that I want to see? Oh, I want to see Black Panther when it comes out. Yeah, Black that Panther. I'm pretty, I'm pretty hyped about Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther looks pretty, pretty, really, pretty cool. I, I I haven't seen the trailer. I don't care. I just want to see it. Oh, I, man. I don't care about it. I don't it. think. I just, I just know I it's going to be good. I've not seen Like, I can't think of as an effective trailer as the Run the Jewels first run. They, cause they released a newer one, but the Run the Jewels Black Panther trailer was so good at getting that me. I'm like, you. I'm immediately like, oh, I'm seeing that first day if I can. That's amazing. Perfect. I, I basically, I basically, there's no way I wasn't going to see. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, I haven't, I watch Japanese wrestling. That's all I, that's all I've done. That sounds like you. I play Gloomhaven. I'll say that. Hey, I play, I play Gloomhaven. It's a board game. It's a dungeon crawler. If you're listening to this, you probably, it, you, it's going to be very difficult for you to get a copy if you've not already purchased it <laughs> through their Kickstarter or pre-ordered through a board game store. Cause there's not going to be many out there, I think, but it is a legacy dungeon crawler, uh, game with, a ridiculous amount of depth in the gameplay and mechanics, and I couldn't recommend it enough. Hmm. I paid $110 for it, and I do not regret that purchase whatsoever. Damn. It comes with a, so, it's a gigantic box, it weighs 20 pounds, it has so much stuff in it. I, the, it like, it's not that the legacy aspects of it, like, legacy is like, it's like a board game that plays like a video game, and that as you play the game changes. It's not the same game every time. But that's not the cool thing about this game. The cool thing about this game is the game, like the core game mechanics of going into a dungeon and how you play your cards. It's like a puzzle. Every dungeon is like a little puzzle and you have your own characters and they all play. Every single character plays very different from each other. It's a really fun time. Every time we sit down and play, I'm like, oh, we'll just play one more scenario, one more scenario. And then we're up till it's 1.30 in the morning and we're finishing. We're like, oh, we should probably sleep, huh? But... It's a great game. I, it's gonna be very difficult to find if you're listening to this and you, but look it up. I, they, I don't know. It sells out every time they make them. I don't know why they just don't keep making them, but I'm not board game designer, so who knows what they're doing. It's a great game. It's my favorite board game I've played in a long time. It might be my number one game of all time if I keep playing it like this. I just take a nap when you talk about board games. I know. You've, the, the, if it's not a, if you don't have a controller, you're not interested. I know. Mm. I'm becoming less and less interested in video games as well, but yeah. 
I think he'll do it. We can we can move on. We can talk now. Talk now. Now about Doom Patrol. Because now it is time for our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing Doom Patrol Volume 1, Brick by Brick, by Gerard Way, Nick Darrington, and Tamara Bonvillain. Um, this is the... The, the the from DC's Young Animal imprint, uh, which is edited by Gerard Way, or at least curated by Gerard Way. I'm not sure how much editing he actually does, but this is the the, the first book that came out from it. It is the what would you call it? The Trailblazer Forerunner. The the it's kind of the it's kind of the flagship title. Flagship. Of Young that's the that's, word. That's what you're looking. That's for. That's what I'm looking for, Eric. Thank you. Um, it's good. I can I can read your stupid brain. I need the between help. the two of us, we're one smart person. Hey, you know, that's at least it's <laughs> at least it's it is a one single person. You know, it's not still like half a smart oh, yeah. person. We get there. Um, this is not. I don't know what I'm not. Re- okay, I've never read any Doom Patrol. Yeah, I was really hoping that you had read a whole bunch of it when I was reading this, so you could explain to me what in the fuck's going on. I mean, I have read about Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And I have a very basic idea of what happens in this comic book. Um, I cannot speak necessarily with certainty about anything that happens in this comic book. Uh, Doom Patrol, most famously, was written by Grant Morrison. He had a very long run on it, uh, and basically defined the Doom, defined this title. I, I think it, it did Grant Morrison things, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. It, it used a lot of weird, storytelling techniques and uh weird metaphors and weird you know disjointed storytelling and 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 stuff as a and method and of course on top of that just the crazy ideas like a character that is a street and mm-hmm. is now more than a street he's a world he's a world and he makes hamburgers he did they made him make makes, hamburgers he makes danny burgers they made him make danny burgers those bastards pretty horrifying it's really gross um but i i i can't i can't say with i can't with any so that's where our perspective is all right so if you're listening to this and you've read all of grant morrison's doom patrol and we say something stupid because we have it please excuse us uh but please send me angry tweets and emails (laughs) with pictures of your balls don't ask for that because that might happen you never know no no write all of your complaints on your balls and uh don't I mean I, I'm really don't don't really do that. <laughs> don't but, really I mean, do that. It's a joke. Yeah, so I mean, don't you, do that. You can you can write anything you want on your balls. I'm not gonna. I mean it's a it's a don't, free country. Don't yuck your gum. Even, even 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 if you're not even if you're not here. Um, but I don't know. Whatever. This is using the same characters, and in a roundabout way, this is the gang gets back together. Kind of. This is mm-hmm. this this is this arc, but. And generally, we, I don't think, are too positive about that, those kinds of arcs on comics. You're like, oh, it's them again. They're back. Yeah. But yeah. this jumps all, jumps completely over that issue because mm. it uses really interesting storytelling techniques and is definitely a clearly homage to the Grant Morrison uh, stuff that makes that story interesting and makes, and asks, and it's, it's, it, it, Honestly, says a lot of crazy things uh, in the story, and has a lot of like jump cuts between. Well, I you don't know what they're how they're connected until later on, and then you kind of 
sort of get what's happening. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can speak confidently about that. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got? Yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed your time? Or am I going to be Mr. Negative? Oh, see what you did there. I I have a very basic thesis about this, mm-hmm. but I think some of it is informed because I read Gerard Way's afterward. I had to read it as well to get any sense of what this is. Um, yeah. I, I think it, I had an idea before, but reading that kind of made everything coalesce. And then I go, okay, that makes sense. All right. I mean, largely, it is about, I mean, it's about this ambulance driver and her trying to piece together all the strange shit happened to her. And that's very convenient for us, the reader, because we're trying to do the same thing. Did you know what was happening, Eric, as we were going? Most of the, most of the time I'm going to say no. Okay. I remembered us reading that first issue, and my exact thoughts were, this is really weird. I don't know what's going on. I really like it. And basically that's what I walked away from the book thinking. You do get a sense of a lot of things, but you are basically playing catch-up the whole time. And that's, I don't know, it's not necessarily bad, you know, having to figure out based on what's on the page. I don't don't necessarily mind doing that work. I don't know. I wish there was a little bit that explained some things, like the cult, a little bit more. You know, just a little bit more backstory on some minor things. You only only understand things like what's going on with Trainer. Um, just in the in the broadest of broad strokes, and like Flex Metallo doesn't get to do anything. He was a character I was definitely aware of beforehand, just from weird indie comics. Cause I think um, who was it? I think it was um, Frank Quitely did a, a Flex Metallo comic. Yeah, with Grant Morrison. He did it with Grant Morrison. I thought I didn't realize that. It was weird shit, man. Yeah, it's it's. Again, I don't think, yeah, I, I think it's, I didn't know what was happening most of it either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's the, I, I don't want to say that necessarily that I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand how all, a lot of these things related to each other. Yes. Like, only a few times where I was completely in the dark, I'm like, what, what is this? Like, it's mm-hmm. early, and I think most of that stuff's early on because you don't have any context for it. And then you get context for it and you're like, Okay, I get it now. In like that meeting with all the aliens that are talking about making the Danny burgers mm-hmm. early on in the book, I'm like, what the hell is happening? Oh, yeah. What? No, it was really confusing. And there, there was this reveal is we're going to call it Danny Burger. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means. What, what am I supposed to feel about that? Yeah. And it, and I think when you learn later on what is happening, what those aliens are doing, you go, Oh, okay. They're shitheads. I got it. All right. Good. I understand now. But I don't know if there is necessarily any kind of, I don't think there's any, there's a, in a lot of these instances where we don't know necessarily the context of some of these things, like outside of just what's in this book. I'm not sure if it actually matters. Cause I feel like that honestly is the best thing about this book for a newcomer to Doom Patrol is that I, 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 I think it manages to to somehow tell this story with a lot of characters and a lot of crazy shit happening 
and yet still deliver a theme and still deliver kind of a message and a perspective, um, which I, I had an idea of before and then reading, um, ways afterward, it kind of just cemented it in my mind of all it, these characters felt like all of them are recovering from like trauma mm-hmm. in it, all of them in very different ways. And like way talks about uh, Casey, the main character, how she is, she is what we need. She is a uh, optimistic and, and peppy and perky and happy and a go getter and that and optimistic. And that's what we need. But I feel like she is just really a good character to kind of explore. And she's, a, I mean, she literally is an ambulance driver and she helps people recover from trauma. And it feels like that is what she does in this book. It feels like every single member of this team has had to endure some sort of punishment, some sort of trauma. And she is with, you know, with them, with their help is piecing them all back together and making Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol again. But I, I, I when I realized that, like I had a, a click in my mind and that's like issue three or four, like halfway through this, I was reading. I went, okay. I like it. I like that. It's good. I like, I, I mentioned that in the She-Hulk book, uh, in Deconstructed, where it felt very much like a superhero character actually reckoning with tr- trauma. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the same way. I think this is a lot more bizarre. Uh, <laughs> not, She-Hulk is relatively straightforward. This book is batshit crazy, but I think it, most of that, I think is just to keep that formula fresh. You know, like we, we don't like that the band gets back together story. Like, just have them be back together. But by having the weird, disjointed storytelling and the theme of, like, coming back from, from you know, some kind of injury and some sort of big problem individually and having that be what makes them come together as a team, it makes the band come back together fun and, and, and new and, and good to read. I want to read more. I'm going to read more of this. This is I'm. I think it's worth the time. For yeah. Sure. There's a bunch of stuff that's not answered in this. The the Zantana looking chick that blows up her roommate. Well, she's the. Is she a villain? Yeah, she's the. I think she's the girl at the end. The in the suit. Yeah, I I, I, I think get I, that. I think she's a villain. But... She turns her cat into a cat man. I'm yeah. not sure if that's. I don't. I think she's a villain. I think she is the villain for the second arc or third arc or something. Is my guess. I'm really, I'm really confused by that. Um, do they ever? They certainly don't really explain who Niles Calder is. At least, at least it doesn't seem like it. Did I miss that? They just keep showing these little vignettes. He makes the robot. The robot beats the crap out of him, and the robot turns up dead. I mean, he's the. I mean, I think you have to piece it together. No, through... obviously he's a, he's. I, mean, I don't know. You probably would know who he is at this point, but we we don't. Yes, he, he, Niall. That, like that's that's the like, that's thing. That's the thing that frustrates me is feeling like there's a piece of this missing just because I didn't read the other stuff, and not because he's withholding it from me. It's that he's saying go back and read this other thing, or you can go back and read this other thing. I I don't know. I think there is a measure of it. I think yeah. I think you don't need to. I like it makes me want to go read back. Go. I mean, I've always already wanted to read more since Doom Patrol. Like that's. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going like, oh, now I should probably go. I definitely should go back and read more since Doom Patrol. I think there is a measure 
Like, I don't think Wei hides his love of that book. Like, he talks about it in the afterword. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think it is... I don't know. Do you think... Do you think this book is better if it clearly answers and references all the other... Like, if it assumes you haven't read the original Doom Patrol? I I don't know. That's my answer as well. I, I do think that this book is just best being fucking bizarre. I think that is what you come to this for. This is like, I don't know. This is this is like a um, a, a, a Jodorowsky book or something. It's like you just you just read it to kind of make your brain hurt a little bit. I feel like it's more cohesive and less of an acid trip. In that you know, there's a story and there's literary themes. Like Jodorowsky would never tell a story quite like that. But I, I don't know. There's a, there's some similarity there. No, I agree with you. I just I think this is a Jodorowsky book with heart. Yeah. And that's main my biggest complaint about Jodorowsky books. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the insanity. I like the insanity. It is. Oh yeah. There's no heart. There's no character I'm rooting for. I'm just like, well, those are really this is this a lot of crazy shit is happening, and that's compelling. But I'm not also there's like there's no additional layers of I really like this character. I want them to succeed. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Jared Rask cares about that, uh, which is fine. No. But I, this book, it feels, and I, frankly, I mean, if you want to describe, hey, it's more Morrison's also is he's Jared Rask, but with heart. And I think Gerard Way's. I mean, have you read Umbrella Academy? Never did. No. It it's not nearly as you know crazy with a storytelling like this, but it is still a lot. It has the same kind of dynamic in this with a lot of very strange characters all interacting very strangely with each other and not always explaining. It doesn't always explain itself. Uh, and this, I feel like this is better than Umbrella Academy, even though I like Umbrella Academy fine. Um, this is better than that because he's definitely more confident in how he tells us how he, like by making this thing disjointed and weird and having like one page page, single page stories of one of the characters and cutting back to Casey's story back and forth. It feels very confident in itself, and I don't know. I It feels more cohesive as a complete work. I'm very curious to see, because after, like, when you get to the that last issue with the cult, it is largely kind of settled down. You know, it doesn't have all the jump cuts to, like, a completely different story, it seems, because all the characters are kind of back together. I'm curious if it continues that. And I think we talked already today about a lot of comics that seem fine, but seem by the numbers. Mm. And this is not that. This is how you take a story like this and make it bizarre as hell. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Uh, I feel like we're only maybe liking on the stuff that's weird th- this time around. I feel like this has more going for it than just being fucking strange. No, it does. You know? Same as, same as like, Snagglepuss. They're I don't know. You can you can be interesting and still be conventional. That's true. This is this is unconventional and interesting. Yes. And I like I really like the the it it as bizarre and fucking crazy as this comic book is. I kind of like it just like coming back to the theme of like yeah, we need just good people working hard. Mm-hmm. Trying and like they will and if things will work out. It it's nice to hear that once in a while. Yeah, I think maybe we've 
gotten a little tired of the everyone is terrible narrative. It's 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 nice to see good people struggling against evil, against Danny Burgers. <laughs> what do you think about the art? Oh man, it's awesome. It's really fun and stylized and and really poppy and energetic and this is the best color work that Tamra Bonvillain has ever done. Like, fucking bravo. This shit is beautiful. Like, she make This artwork is good. These lines are very good. Like, I like this cartooning a lot. I like this stylization a lot. I feel like this doesn't really even kick into high gear at all without Tamra. I am absolutely blown away by the color in this and this is this is like i don't know i feel like i haven't seen truly exemplary work out of tamra i don't know maybe late 2016 and in, in this past year i saw i don't know she's she's outdone herself in this book i absolutely adore it i like it a lot and i echo everything you said and it also, I don't know, it, it seems, it, it seems to, I don't know, match, you know, there's a couple sequences where, uh, they go into old comics and it, it, it you know, subtly changes to match that style, Silver Age and, and older, Golden Age really comics. But the characters are all very expressive. And I think that's also very important. I think I, a thing I'm like, if there's like a thing I'm like focusing more and more on is artists who can draw really expressive characters. When you talk about the color, it's not afraid to be colorful. And I think that is a, another a part of its charm. You know, you talk about optimistic, hope, hopeful superheroes and super colorful comics. I think those are running lines of, of running themes of things I like in the past three, four years of comic books is like, Hey, look at this really super awesome, super optimistic, hopeful comic with really beautiful colors. Uh, that doesn't, isn't afraid to be bright. Isn't afraid to have rainbows and pinks and oranges and yellows and reds and yellows and weird neons. And it's a story told in bright colors. Was something about being garish? Isn't that what? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, it all works together really well for, you know, for the weirdness that it is. Would you say that people should go read the Morrison Doom Patrol before reading this? I kind of wish I had that information inside my head as I was reading this. I don't know if it would improve my enjoyment of it or not. I mean, at this stage in the game, maybe it is better to read the thing that's more current and then go back and read the historical book because it is ostensibly a completely different experience to read this book and be baffled by it and go check a thing out versus being well steeped in uh, the Grant Morrison stuff and maybe even the historical Doom Patrol and then coming into this and saying, well, why, why is he fucking this up? Or why is he this? Why is he that? I don't like being, I don't like being that fan that is always looking back. I don't know. I think we all do it though. 
It's hard not to, but I think I'm it's glad. It's totally hard not to. I'm glad I, I think I'm glad I haven't read the other Doom Patrol that I came in this fresh, theoretically. I still, I want to go read the, the, the Grant Morrison run. I mean, I, I have wanted to, and I'm, and frankly, I'm gonna, now I'm, I want to do it more because I think seeing that without the burden of nostalgia, without the burden of having that, that big giant document to base my thoughts of this on, I think I can maybe see both of them in better context, but mm. I'm not, I'm, I, I purposefully avoided like digging, like I've seen a lot of different reviews and criticism of this book online. I purposely avoided all of it before I read it. I wanted to kind of just see it fresh because I realized it was weird and it was going to be challenge me. And you, like you said, sometimes it's nice to have that kind of challenge to your brain and it's a good comic book. I really like it. I'm going to follow it. Um, mm. I had fun with it. It's beautiful. It's it's hopeful. And that's nice. Anything else you want to say, Eric? I don't know. Gerard Way. I like his comics more than his music. Yeah, well. I had friends in high school and college who loved My Chemical Romance, and I just never really got there. Think that'll do it for us? I think we're done. Okay. Um, uh, that's it for Doom Patrol by Volume 1 by Gerard Way, Nick Darrington, and Tamara Bonvillain. Uh, in two weeks' time, we will be reading The End of the Fucking World. <laughs> Just love saying it. It's kind of a ridiculous yeah. title, but it still makes me chuckle. I can't help it. By Charles Forsman. Uh, there's a Netflix uh, series uh, recently. Uh based on it, and uh, we're going to read the whole thing in two weeks. I hope you read along with us. You can find us on the internet in many places. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at HBCHour, emails handsboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever podcaster service you use. Uh, it will help us out. Also, word of mouth reviews are greatly appreciated. Tell your buddy, hey, check out this comic book podcast. We'd appreciate that. We like new listeners. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where my username on both is ezgoodnight. So that, folks, we'll call today. Have a good one. Rock and roll.